service today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Right. Uh, my message today really is 38 years later. That's the title. Amen. So that's that. 38 years later. Amen. I know you know the story from the book of um, John chapter 5. Amen. I'm borrowing this from there. However, today I just want to give you a quick lesson, a quick Bible class from the book of the law or the, uh, the books of the law. That is Genesis. That is Exodus. That is Leviticus. That is Numbers. And that is Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. If you can just give it a, a, a bit low. Yeah. Amen. So I'll be talking from the five books um, of the law. And then uh, I'll be trying to just show you that what happens after 38 years. Hallelujah. And glory to God. Amen. Are we together? So what I want to just uh, highlight is that we are still talking about habits. We are still talking about triggers. So now my emphasis or what I want to drive uh, home uh, today, it is that a normal career will take about 35 years to 45, depending on when you started. Some people don't go on retirement, so I'm aware of that, that it will go beyond 45. But I'm saying normal, your average person, the career is about 35 years to 45 years, somewhere there. It's roughly 40 if you start working at 20 and you retire at 63, that's um, 43 years, ne? Is, is it right? It's 43, can you see? So that's normally, if you work for government in this country, maybe that will be 45 if you start at 20. If you start at uh, 18, that will be 47, somewhere there. You, you get the, the gist, the whole gist of it. So if you started working at the farms, so you might end up with the... <laughs> with a slightly longer one, and if you don't retire, you might end up with an eight-year career easily, amen. So it depends, it depends really. But for us, it's 35 to 45 years, somewhere there. For those who are going to start working maybe from age 25, already there's a discount of five years. You, you, you get the point, eh? So that is why the message is um, 35 years later, basically. That's what I want to just emphasize, that after this career of yours, the question is, will you have attained the promises of God or you will have missed the mark or you'll have missed the plot? That is, that is where I'm going to go with this. Hallelujah. That's what I want to drive home. Hallelujah. Now, the young ones in particular, here in particular, um, Lengosi, I think, fits in the list. People like that who are fairly young, um, this message will help you a lot. And others who are already advanced in age, I have to work hard in this message because you're already corrupted by life. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'll ask you to listen very carefully also. Amen. And you have already done more than 40 years of life. It's not over until the Lord says it's over. Hallelujah. Amen. So we'll try and keep you all uh, encouraged and glory to God. So let me not waste further time. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible class starts by Genesis. So when you read the book of Genesis, by the way, all these five books of the law, 
Moses was given credit for writing them, okay? I don't know how he wrote Genesis. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Because everything that happened during the time of Genesis, he was not there. But it's written by him. The Holy Spirit told him what to write. But definitely everything in Exodus all the way to Deuteronomy, he was part of that. Amen. He was part of the history and glory to God. And of course, the book of Joshua is not him. It's written by Joshua. And maybe before I forget, as I teach and preach this message, you'll begin to understand that Joshua was there in the beginning of the Exodus. And he was one of those who went over to the promised land, him and Caleb. Hallelujah. In case I don't emphasize that later on in the message. Now, turn with me to the book of um, Brother, let us not go to the book of, we'll go back there, amen. I need to find a clever way of doing this. So yeah, Genesis basically will talk about the beginning, right, as we all know, and the migration of the children of Israel, right, to Egypt. Amen, are we together? So Genesis covers the beginning, the formation of the nation of Israel, and many other things I've left out, but the main uh, storylines, and also the migration of the children of Israel to Egypt. That's what uh, the book of Genesis really covers. Now, when you read the book of Exodus, what the book of Exodus covers, it covers two things only, really. The rest, it covers events before the Exodus. God says, I've heard the cry of my children, right? And then he tells Moses, go do this, the penning bush, you know, I get it, the signs and wonders, that's what it covers. Then thereafter, it covers the actual exodus. Hallelujah, are we still together? Then you go to Leviticus, right? This is very important for you to get this message. You need to have a grasp of these basics, okay? This is Bible class 101, but it's part of my sermon, but I have to do this, okay? You read Le- Leviticus. Leviticus, all it does really, it talks about the laws and the principles uh, associated with sacrifice as the Lord wants. Hallelujah. Are we together? So there are laws and principle that, uh, principles that have to do with uh, sacrifice. So that's what Leviticus will cover. Are you still with me? Amen. And then we go to Numbers. So Numbers, uh, listen carefully now, it covers the actual exodus all the way just before the promised land. Hallelujah. Amen. And then Deuteronomy really covers the remaining year of the exodus. Are you with me? Amen. Are you with me? So, but I'll, I'll, I'll go a little, I'll zoom in into these things now. Just to, so there's a big picture. Now let's zoom in a little bit. Then I'm going to read two texts in particular that, are go- that we are going to use to just show you that how dangerous are habits. Amen. But you need to know this big picture. It's so important. Hallelujah. Amen. After 38 years, you need to just remember that. So let us leave uh, Genesis alone. Amen. And let us just come from Exodus all the way to Deuteronomy now. Amen. Hallelujah and glory to God. Now, when you read Exodus, what is very, very important for me and you this morning, and maybe for the rest of your life that you need to always be aware, the book of Exodus covers only two years, believe it or not. Yeah, it does cover the events just before, but mostly from chapter 12 to all the way to chapter 40, it covers only two years. 
And that's key. That's very important for you to understand uh, this message. Amen. And uh, I'll suggest you write it down because it's going to help you. Because you can't just rely on punchlines. You need to rely on doctrines. I'm giving you pillars, right? So that you understand the message after 38 years. So, should I repeat? Exodus, really, it does cover events before the Exodus. But from chapter 12, really, all the way to 40, it's two years. All those chapters, they are covering two years of the journey to the promised land. Two years. I need to emphasize that. Two years. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Amen. Uh, can we prove it quickly for you? Amen. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus 12. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Amen. Uh, quickly. Amen. This month shall be unto you the beginning of the month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Let's leave it there. I've proved my point. Go read and uh, think about it, okay? This will be the first month of the year to you. This is after the Passover. This is after the Passover. That point in time will mark the first year and the first month, okay? Amen. Now, let's go all the way to chapter 40 of Exodus. Amen. Amen. To chapter 40 quickly. Let me show you because I need to drive. My message is very short, by the way. It just happens, it's at the end, but we pastors, we always have a challenge that the people we are talking to, like the people here and anyone listening online, we are not aware or we are not sure if you know the things we know. So sometimes we have to do this background job to bring you up to speed, amen? So if you know these things, just be patient, just check me out if I'm teaching well, amen, and clap hands, hallelujah, amen? Chapter 40, verse 17. And it came to pass that in the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was ready up. And then you start to see verse 38, that's the end of Exodus. So the tabernacle of God was concluded two years later. Amen. Are we together? So from that day where you mark the first day of the month of the year, all the way to the completion of the tabernacle, which happens just before the chapter closes. It's two years flat. You got it now? Amen? So what happened in these two years? Uh, uh, who, uh, who remembers? Hallelujah. Uh, my favorite is that Moses sang. I don't know how he did it because he used to stammer. Hallelujah. He sang a song to the Lord. Yes. Look at chapter 13 and 14 somewhere there. And then when you go to 15, Miriam sang, the prophet has. I like that. But it's particularly the Moses part where he actually sang. Hallelujah. Maybe he recited the poem. I don't know. But he sang. Hallelujah. The Red Sea was parted. Remember? The Red Sea was parted after the, the Passover. Hallelujah. So it is not a miracle that happened during deliverance. It is the miracle that happened. Uh -huh. you, you, you got it now, ne? We are going somewhere. I'm going to take you to the New Testament. Don't worry. Amen. Did you, you get the point? And then they built the, 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 the ark of the covenant. They built the tabernacle. They built all these things. They did it in two years according to each and every single instruction of the Lord. Now tell your neighbor where you are. Please do things according to the instruction of the Lord to the detail. Thank you. 
Yes, because when you read Exodus, you start to see how they executed to the T. So you can't cut corners when you do things of the Lord. Follow the things of the Lord to the T. When you read in the New Testament, Jesus says, I must be baptized to fulfill righteousness, even though he was God himself. So there are certain small items that need to be fulfilled if you are going to do the work of the Lord in your generation. In other words, if you are going to serve the purpose of God in your generation, you must fulfill certain things. Amen. So it took two years for us to get to the point whereby the tabernacle was ready. Hallelujah. And don't forget, hallelujah, that Jesus came and he dwelt amongst us. Now, those who speak Bible language, it says, he came and tabernacled amongst God's people. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we together? Amen. I'm already showing that this is a shadow of what happens in the New Testament. I'll come back to this concept. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. So which book are we going to now? Amen. So I'm going to leave Leviticus. Reason being, it has to do with the instructions of worship and etc. Hallelujah. In terms of sacrificing to the Lord. So let's leave that instruction. It's not a history book. It is not really recording events. It's telling you how things uh, should be done in terms of worship. So go and read that. Amen. Are we still together? Now we get to Numbers. Amen. Numbers. Hallelujah. When you read Numbers chapter 1. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 1. Uh, quickly. Amen. Numbers chapter 1. Where is it here? I got it. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, I think you got it there. The first day of the second month, in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt. That's when Numbers start. So Numbers does not deal with things before this two-year period. That is why you'll never see any events regarding the parting of the Red Sea, the, the, the construction of the tabernacle. You'll never see that. You'll never. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So it means if you're going to read the book chapters, already I'm giving you a framework how to understand these scriptures as you go to read Genesis, as you go to read Exodus, as you read Leviticus, as you read Numbers and Deuteronomy. Are, are you with me? So it starts, Numbers starts from the second year. Are we still together? And then it goes all the way, trust me, to year number 40. Hallelujah. And then that I think you will find, I'll, I'll prove it later on, you will find it in uh, Numbers, uh, is it chapter 33, verse 38. Amen. Maybe I must show it to you quickly. Amen. Should I do that? Amen. Yes. Numbers 33, verse 38. That amen says, prove it, man of God. So let's... Let's prove it. Amen. Numbers 33, verse 38. And Aaron the priest went up into the mount hall in, um, at the commandment of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the first day of the fifth month. It took them 40 years in the desert. So Aaron dies on the 40th year. Right? There's nothing else, really, uh, to, to use to prove this, amen? Because after this, it comes to an end, and then we get to Deuteronomy. Read verse 3 of Deuteronomy and see what I'm trying to say. 
And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month of the first day of the month, that Moses spake to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord has given him in commandment unto them. Deuteronomy starts where? We read verse 3. Amen. It starts at year number 40. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. I'm helping you. You should be paying a seminary. Amen. This is seminary teachings. Amen. Hallelujah. On your own, you'll miss these things anyway. You'll read. You just run through these things. Amen. That is why when you read the Bible, you must read it to the T. Everything matters. Hallelujah. So I got my 38 years from there. Two years of Exodus. The book of Numbers gives me 38 years to get me to 40. Now I want to take two stories. One is found in Exodus and one is found in Numbers. And I'm going to read those scriptures. And my sermon is so short, Bazalwane, believe me. Very short. It's actually a line. But I have to do this exercise. Hallelujah. My message is so simple. Amen. But I have to do this to show you a principle. Amen and amen. Go to Exodus chapter 17. Amen. I just chose this teaching uh, avenue today. Amen. Exodus 17, right? That's what I said. Amen. Amen. I'm very conflicted today to look at notes or to just talk. I don't know what to do. Amen. So, but let me do whatever I can do here. Verse 1 of chapter 17 will stop at verse 7. All the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sinai. After they journeyed according to the commandment of the Lord, and they pitched in Raphidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Can you see that? Raphidim, right? Verse 2. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people, underlie, murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Verse 5, and the Lord said to Moses, listen carefully now, go on before the people, take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smoteth the river, take in thy hand and go, amen, and take that rock that you used when uh, you, you, you parted the Red Sea, that, uh, that rod, the, uh, uh, Moses' rod, you remember? Verse 6, it says, behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. Thou shalt smite the rock, and they shall come out water of it. And the people may drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He carried the instruction, and the water came. And he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah, because the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord. You see, they murmured, they chided. In other words, they strived, okay? And uh, not, not only that, and it says here, saying, is the Lord amongst us or not? Principle number one, if you are listening to me, what will get you into trouble in this 40-year journey of yours in your career or ministry or whatever you are doing is this. Questioning if the Lord is amongst you or not. 
They say, is the Lord amongst us or not? This is the same Lord that delivered them from the house of slavery. This is the same Lord who instituted the, uh, 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 the, the Passover in chapter 12 and says, commemorate this. This is the same Lord that accompanied, accompanied them by a pillar of cloud and also by, by, by fire by night, okay? This is the same Lord. But when tough times came for these children of Israel, they say, is the Lord with us or not? or Hanarona, and in this season, it's so appropriate to uh, appropriate to actually share with us that things are not happening the way we expect them to be happening in our lives, and we have come to a tipping point where we are asking the question: That is the Lord with us or not? Hold, and I'm saying to you, the Lord is with you. Despite the challenges and the difficulties you are facing. And therefore, don't be like the children of Israel who murmured. Hallelujah and glory to God. Now, listen to another principle here. When they murmured, the Lord listened to the cry of Moses. He listened, right? And then he says to Moses, go and strike a rock. And then water will come out. And Moses carried out the instruction to the T and water came out. Now, when you read in the book of Corinthians, Paul teaches, of which we are going to start it sometime soon. Uh, uh, in the next coming week, we are going to read that. Uh, those who are reading a chapter a day with us. When you read there, you will begin to understand that the rock was symbolizing Jesus. Jesus, the rock of ages, right? Now, strike once and water comes. He was struck once, crucified once, and he gave us water of living waters. Hallelujah. Are we together symbolizing the Holy Spirit in our lives? Okay. He was crucified once and once for all. Hallelujah. Are you with me? That's all I just want to drive home. Hallelujah. So in Exodus, we see here a, a shadow of what was going to happen when the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes to tabernacle amongst his people. That he will be struck once and then he's going to release the gift of the Holy Spirit to his church. He's going to release the anointing to his church. He's going to release the power of the Holy Ghost to his church, his bride. The Bible says when you read in Exodus chapter 4, he says to Moses, go tell Pharaoh that God says, I'm here to set free my son Israel, right? So, so you must look at Israel as a son of God. Israel was delivered by God, okay? Okay? The Son of God was delivered by God. Amen. And then he was given this water in the desert. Let's leave this now. Let's pack this Exodus business. Let's move on. Two years later, the tabernacle was built. They could now worship God. I heard a saying, I will serve no foreign gods. They had to worship God. 
They were told how to do it in Leviticus. There were rules of how to do it. Everything according to the tea. That is why even here at church, I'm very strict. I want things to be done in a particular pattern. Hallelujah. I have the pattern, so I give it to you. You carry it out. Moses had the pattern, and the children had to carry it out. Hallelujah. So you don't create your own pattern. Hallelujah. There's a pattern that we need to follow. Hallelujah. You must understand that in the things of the Lord, there's a pattern that must be followed. Hallelujah. But I can also tell you right now, with your life, because your life does not belong to you, it belongs to Jesus. There's a pattern that you must follow for your life. You don't just live anyhow as you wish. Hallelujah. Because it's no longer your life. Paul says, it is no longer I who lives, but the life that I live in the flesh, I, it is the life of Christ, or it is Christ that lives in me by faith. And therefore, we must follow the pattern of faith. In other words, we must develop these habits of faith to live the life of God. Amen. Are you still with me? So you really have to understand and comprehend uh, the things I'm trying to drive home. But the important thing is, once the Lord redeemed you, once he, uh, Christ was hung on the cross and he released the Holy Spirit, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So it does not matter what's happening around you. Remember this, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He poured out his Holy Spirit upon your life. Even when it does not make sense, don't find yourself becoming like the children of Israel who are asking now about the presence of the Lord, if he's there or not. Hallelujah. Yes, sometimes you won't feel the presence of God. Sometimes you won't, it won't look like he's with you, but trust the word of God. He is with you all the time. As soon as you start questioning the presence of God in your life, you are playing in dangerous water. Let's go further. Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. Amen. Okay, we are doing fine with time. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Allow me to read from verse 2 to verse 13. This story, it's similar to that. I'm going to read it and show you that it's not the same. Already, if you had my introduction, it's not the same story. The waters there happened within a period of two years. Numbers was written after the two-year period. So this is a similar story, but it's not the same story. And that's very important because in this story, you will discover now that this story, that's where Moses missed the promised land. You need to follow. Amen. And there was no water for the congregation. Verse 2, Numbers 20. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode. Can you see that? Same pattern, same behavior, same habits. They chode with Moses. And spake, saying, Will God that we had died with our brethren died in the Lord, uh, before the Lord? And why have you brought us up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our cattle should die? Does that sound familiar? Same complaint? It's a habit. Can you see a habit? Habit? Amen. Can you see? But complain, and then it's the same thing. It's, a habit is something that you do over and over. Now let's read. And wherefore have you made us to come out of Egypt again? Why wouldn't it go repeat? 40, 40 years later. 
And wherefore before have you made us to come out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? By the way, when I said 40 years later, this is happening 40 years later. I'll show you now. This is like right on the 40th year. They complained just around the, between the two-year period and they went 38 years quiet and they start again. And wherefore have you made us to come out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is not a place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranate. Neither it is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the door of the tabernacle. They didn't, uh, they didn't necessarily have that uh, prior to this in the other chapter. Can you see that? Ne? Of the congregation. And they fell upon their face. And, then, and the other one was uh, Moses, but here now is him with his brother, Aaron. The first time, him. Amen. They fell upon their faces. In other words, God can call an individual, but later on, he'll partner him with somebody. And here now, it's a two, but sevens are by two as partners, right? They fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them, not to Moses, unto them into this partnership. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, ay, 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 ay. Are, take the rod, the same one, and gather though the assembly together, though an Aaron, 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 are you an Aaron, thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock, ah, Miss Cole, I saw right there, I'm going to read once more again, it says, speak ye to the rock, I read previously, it said, strike the rock. Here it says, speak ye to the rock ah, before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water. And they shall bring forth to the water out of the rock. And they shall give to the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod from, um, from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock and said unto them, Here now you rebels. Are you rebels? Can I just pause a little bit? Please stop driving the man of God to that level whereby he calls you rebels. In other words, be careful how you treat the man of God and the woman of God. Be careful. They drove him to this. I'm not just you. This is the most humble man. But now he's calling them rebels. man. After 40 years, I So please, do me a favor. Don't drive me to this. And I pray, Lord Jesus, please, I must never find myself in this position. Amen. <laughs> what verse was that now? Oh, yeah. We must fetch you water out of this rock. Kuri, up to now, you are depending on me. 40 years later, or should I rather say 38 years later? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smoked the rock twice. problem. And the water came out abundantly. Underline then, the water came out still. And the congregation drank and their beasts also. Ah, Bajamunati congregation. But And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. But now, he did not speak to Moses. He spake to Moses and Aaron. How come Mamele? How come Sheikh Makelon or a partnership? Partnership. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. Because you believe me not, are you lacked faith? You are unfaithful. 
Look, 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 look what he did. He still gave them the water despite the fact that Moses was unfaithful to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Mariba. Hari Tuarimu. When you read verse 24, it's same chapter I'm just telling you now. It says, you Aaron, you are going to die. You'll be gathered to your people. Then later on, he dies, of course. Verse 28, he dies. Same chapter. This is 40 years later. This 40 years, I've proved my case. 40 years later, right on the 40th year, right like Chikeza cheese, by Bona crown, no by Bona, and it was snitched. Aaron had made it. Aaron had made it, made it to the promised land. In the last hour, he missed it. He died after this. It's the same chapter. And of course, Moses stripped Aaron, verse 28, of his garments and put them upon Eleazar, his son, and he became a priest instead of him. But the point is this. I'm not sure if I'm in the right place. What I'm trying to say up to this point, in Exodus, we see God saying, strike. Jesus had to be strike. This is the very same rock. You don't strike it the second time. We don't crucify Christ twice, once. So, Sebisa Aaron, ku crucify Morena. Sebisa Mush, ku strike her twice. By the way, and at this time, speak, Lord. You see, once you are born again, once you are redeemed of the Lord, because you saw the one who was wounded by, uh, who was wounded on the cross, the one who was struck again, the one who was pierced on this. After you have seen that, Hallelujah! To continue your thirty-eight year journey or beyond as a child of God, you don't need Jesus to go back to the cross. He did it once and for all. It brings us to a position as children of God to learn an important principle here to talk or speak to the rock. Speak to the Lord. The same water you experience will come. But he violated the principle. But what brought them here, it was the same thing. The strife, the murmuring, the questioning of Uri, is the Lord is still with us. 40 years later. Now, 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 now listen. These things brought the men of God to a level of anger that could not be controlled. Remember, Moses is the most humble person that has ever lived. But he was driven to anger. So, Mozalane, don't find yourself being driven to anger. Or you are driven by people to anger. Let me talk to myself. Let me not allow our congregation to drive me to anger because they are failing to follow the principles of the Lord. When he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, it means exactly that. Now, when you go to John chapter 5, here is a man when, uh, who stayed at the pool for 38 years. Just like these children of Israel. I'm telling you, he spent his entire career of 38 years with the expectation that
that somebody will come and open doors for him. And it does not work like that. You have to understand at some point you must look at the Son of God for redemption and talk to him. Tell him everything that's bothering Talk to him. Are you with me? But your problem, you don't talk to him. In this generation, we don't necessarily mama like those uh, children of Israel. But what we do, we gossip. You gossip too much. You gossip about the men of God, the woman of God, the other believers, and everybody else. It does not work like that. Go to the presence of God. Speak to him. Don't violate these principles. Now, let me tell you, God was not happy with Moses. Are you have done well up to this point? But to be disobedient to my instruction is costing you the promises of God. So don't find yourself after you have hustled and worked hard for 40 years for a breakthrough. And right at that tipping point, right at that hour whereby you're getting the breakthrough, you miss it. Don't find yourself in a situation like that. And into the thing, Talking to the wrong people, talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. And God called this a disobedience. He calls it rebellion. Rebellion. Rebellion is not taking arms and going into the struggle. Sometimes good disobedience. Mudimu say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you start questioning things. Mudimu upline tile in a particular house. And then you are being fed and you say, Marakare hayo mudimu. You have to come to spiritual maturity. You see, before they could mama and the rock will be striked. But once the waters were released, there was no need for them to mama again. So there are things that were fine before you got born again. It was fine to halu kalanjalo, ukalanjalo. But once usiboni sifapano, once upulusizwe, once usindisiwe, once when you are now the redeemed of the Lord, what used to be right back then is no longer right. What used to get you result, and before usindiswa, you used to cry and God will hear you. Because God does answer, we can cry as a nation and God can hear the prayers. But it does not mean we are his children. But once we are the redeemed of the Lord, that methodology does not work anymore. You can't crucify Christ for the second time. Peter says in his book that the Lord redeemed you from idolatry. So when you are redeemed, you can't go back to idolatry because you are crucifying Christ for the second time. He, he, he set you free from gossip. So when you are born again, you can't do that. When you are gossiping, you are crucifying Christ for the second time. When you are living in sin, being today, get out of sin. When you continue to live in sin, you are crucifying Christ for the second time. And I can tell you now, there will be no grace left for you. The grace of the Lord is sufficient. But you get 
to a point whereby you have stretched it and there's nothing left for you. Hallelujah. Moses found himself in a place whereby there was no longer grace for him. But to just show you that God is a gracious God, he took him, how about Deuteronomy? He took him to the mountain. But you'll never get there. That's the grace of the Lord. Now going away, he'll just allow you to see it and never allow you to partake in it because you were already out of the grace of God. Amen. Because because it is not normal in the kingdom of God. What I just said, to live in sin, it is okay while you are still a sinner. But once you are saved by the grace of God, you are no longer a sinner. You are the redeemed of the Lord. And therefore, sin is no longer okay. So stop listening to these silly people who are saying, it's fine, you can fall seven times and you'll rise again. number seven and Go ask him. He was close to God than anyone else. He spoke to God face to face. But I had a one. I get a Bahama this time. Mohawa mudi mungat. Mudi Maria wano mungat. Get a one say impa. You are not going to partake. When I live alone, and some of you you are partaking in this because of the partnerships you have involved yourself in. Got a mudi muke mudi muadi partnership. And I'll suggest some of you you'll have to get out of some of the partnership you have got yourself in. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? So you have to really understand So Moses, he was guaranteed to go to the promised land. He was the holiest in the entire group. I can tell you now. So was Aaron because he was the one allowed to go to the holy of holies. They qualified. One act of anger disqualified them. mudim. Because Mudimu or Kisatan, whoever you want to blame, you might just destroy everything you worked for over the years. Sometimes nothing will make sense, but don't find yourself angry with God. Because you don't want to face an angry God. Because God does get angry. There was a time I, I will never, I'll never wrestle with these people. Moses, let me wipe them off. And Moses interceded. The same people he pleaded for, they cost him the promised land. And what am I saying this morning? The heavy thing and now nah, you see, it looks like nothing happened. You will run out of grace. And when it has run out, there's nothing that can be done. It pains me now what I'm saying. When you find yourself at that point where nothing can be done to save you. When you had already tasted the promises of God. Go read the book of Peter. It's there. You read it, most of you. It is there. You have tasted the goodness of the Lord. And you spoiled it with these small things. 
And I'm challenging everybody in the house of God. It's time to come to maturity as a child of God and put your selfish ambition, your selfish agenda, everything and say, Mudimu, how do you want me to live the rest of my life? And be like the people that uh, uh, and when he's speaking says being arrested for the rest of the journey. Or Mudimu, can you arrest me for the rest of my life? The life I live from this point, let it be for you. I will do whatever that pleases you. I will shun any form of evil. Anything that does not please God, I am going to shun it. And I'm asking you, get to that level. Get to that point where you shun evil and not sit and dine in evil only comfortably. No, it's going to cost you your salvation. If you say, I'm not preaching grace, this is grace. It is the grace of God for God to send somebody to warn somebody. When you have run out of grace, you won't hear messages like this anymore. Because a message like this will never make me trend, will never make me popular, will actually will never benefit me in any way, but it will benefit you. And I'm here to challenge you as a child of God. Nothing is guaranteed in this life until the last hour. Go ask Moses and Aaron. They thought they've made it already. Eh? As long as they didn't go over. Because of these small things. Moses did not worship Baal Batum. He didn't do the big things you are thinking about. It was this small things. Anger. Impatience. Lack of peace in your heart. Hmm? Complaining. Thinking that God is not with you. That, that, that's so wrong on its own right. It's so wrong. And I'm praying and I'm asking God to help you see these small things that are costing you your prosperity. Because some of you, it's not just about eternal life. It's about here. That you are in the moment of breakthrough. But these small things, they're stolen from you over and over and over. And they'll continue to steal from you. Amen. I'm not here to scare you, but I'm here actually to minister grace unto you. Amen. So what did I just say here? In this historical numbers, it happens in a different area, in a different age period. 38 years later. But it cost them. Before when he struck the rock, it was okay because he was instructed. But this time around, it was not right to strike the rock. He was supposed to speak. Hallelujah. So I wrote here four things. Murmuring, strife, anger. Oh, I forgot this one. Arrogance. You need to overcome arrogance, Muzalwani. Overcome arrogance. Because some Christians, you have a lot of arrogance. You have to overcome. It will cost you the blessings of the Lord. It will cost you the promises of God. It will cost you the anointing, in fact. There's no life because you are arrogant. 
ba re honeng honeng le shebile rona bana ba israela ba tla mosheba moshe ba sheba modimo hey ke so le arrogant so bitsa batho di rebels i also pray i must overcome that what ba rona ba tsona le bo moshe vele wa he bona ka rena lo kare ya kokota vele i must work hard to overcome that amen and also tell jwalo lo hena No one is free from this one. You can see that one knocking. Hallelujah. Kor unana ri kwena kwena li wano ya le hodimong. Overcome them. Kor unana ka ri kwena 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 wena wena ngeku li wano ya modi. Overcome them. Pateng baba. He has his 7000 that you don't know of who are willing and ready to worship him. So get off your high horse your arrogance and realize that you must do things according to the pattern of the Lord and learn from Moses hallelujah amen and glory to God amen i just want to see what else did i leave out here amen yes i i, I read all the verses amen amen so now what i just said here is that this four things i've mentioned they will lead you to disobedience and disobedience leads to unbelief and that's breaking the faith so don't break the faith okay and then once you break the faith you get dispossessed because Aaron and Moses were dispossessed mm. they were dispossessed from the promise of God are because he rebelled against the lord so nakireng ho ena ngwana modimo a rona o shwela na le 123 years mo shwena o shwela ana le 120 today we live only to 70 it's three score plus give me how many the seven 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 years so you don't have 120 What am I trying to say as Maria redeem the time you are left with and do things appropriately I got my wake up call and now I just realized now for my career if I'm going to be a normal person I'm left with maybe 17 years We're not on the 40 praise the Lord for that don't squander it use it effectively Hello na ba setseng ka 17 or 10 years do the best out of it i get it you got where you are now because of tsona ntotse you were disobedient you were arrogant you 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 were full of anger and you missed the plot the only reason why you missed the plot is this reason so change and humble yourself under the mighty hand of god and do things right and maybe god will be gracious enough for you to still fulfill the purpose of God in your generation. Hallelujah and glory to God. So they were dispossessed the promises because of this little thing. So let us be careful of the habits that we cultivate that are negative. I can't get away you want to hear those these are the things that are costing us. Hallelujah. You should have a house by now at your age. You don't have one. You should have certain items in your age you don't have. Is it because uh, 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 when I was running around? No, it's because of the small things, small things that are robbing you from God's best. I like get when you got born again, he, he, there were promises that came with it. 
and you're not experiencing them is because you allowed these small things to steal from you. Hallelujah. Are we together, Bazalwani? I'm just going to wrap it up right just here. Now, just to finish it up in the New Testament, Jesus is our rock. Let's talk to him. And then every time when they say, do you want to get out of the situation? Don't be like the man at the pool saying, I have no one to lift me up. When you say that, listen to me. When you say you don't have capital with two men, when you say, Carabello, I don't have a husband. When you say, I don't have a mentor, Pilo Sande. When you, basically what you are saying, God is not in my life. God becomes a father to the fatherless. So if you don't have a father, God becomes your father. If you're a widow, he becomes your husband. So when you start raising these things while you are where you are, you are denying the presence of God in your life, Debo. So be careful. And I'm saying that in hindsight, out of experience, and as somebody who can see the end. Or you know what? Bazalwane, change the way you do things. And as you do that, the Lord will lift you up. Now, Gedaba. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. But also gain. Not believers, Bible church, in the kingdom of God that you need to follow. Like I said, Jesus says, I must do this in order to fulfill righteousness. So you need to understand there are those things. Why am I saying this? As much as you, we are all Welcome. To the promises of God. Those are the only two who know how Egypt is. Who made it to the promised land. The rest was a new generation. It was a new generation. And I'm saying, let us be the new generation that gets into the promises of God, but not only that, that enters into God's rest. Let us be that generation that gets into God's rest. In that case, or in those few words, I want to pray with you. While you're sitting there, just sit down, just sit down today. I want you to be quiet. Let us lift up our hands wherever you are. Quietly just pray if the Lord has spoken to you. I was not here to lift up your emotions at all. But I was here to warn you as a prophet of God. That you might still miss the promises. Even though they have been declared upon your life. In the beginning of the year, I told you what is going to happen this year. I have seen a few people experience everything we prophesied in the beginning of the year. I've seen them. They, they are ticking the boxes. I said every quarter there will be this and this. I've seen people who are ticking those things. But in the similar vein, I have seen people who have already fallen from the wayside. They are out of the things of God. What happened? Did I lie? I did not lie. It is these things I have just mentioned. 
If you are a child of God, you will have known that the Lord is with you and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, listen to this. I humbly say this. When we started the church four years ago or so, it was many of us young people who started. Pray for yourself with your hands up. I'm praying, by the way. It's part of the prayer. It was a whole bunch of young people who started churches. And even as I'm talking today, maybe another one was started. I can tell you now, as I talk today, many had fallen on the wayside. And in the last five months, even more have fallen on the wayside. But if you look carefully, we have moved from strength to strength during a period when everybody is going down. Why am I telling you this? There's a principle here. If you remain faithful to the one that has called you, if you remain faithful to the one who has promised you, he will see you through in difficult time. Now, Mamelamona, Utabona Mudimua Isaac, Bupilomba how that during famine, you begin to plant and to reap. During famine, you begin to dig wells and experience the abundance of the waters from the heavens. When everybody's saying, who dry, it's over now. When actually, we are just starting. But you need to understand these principles. You violate these principles. You will do whatever you do, but you'll find yourself in the ash heap. You'll find yourself in, in, in the scrapyard. And you don't want to find yourself there. You see, it's not about how smart you are. It is all about how aligned you are with the will and the purpose of God. So when it requires you to, to, to deal with anger, align yourself accordingly. I'm not going to miss the plan of my life or the plan of God in my life just because of anger. I will overcome it.